welcome to another edition of the Live Life Aggressively podcast. It's 2014, and got my man Mike Mauler on the line. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. Happy New Year. And we, we made it. We made it into 2014. We're, we're on our way to getting into our first full year doing the podcast. It's yeah, feels like it's, it feels like it's been longer in a good way. Exactly. And May is right around the corner. May will march one yeah. year for us, and yeah. we're about eight months in, and... I'm looking at just the numbers and the downloads and people sharing and people talking about the show. And I'm quite pleased, man. But of course, never satisfied. <laughs> My favorite quote of all time is Thomas Edison, right. man, show me a satisfied man and I'll show you a failure. So, right. you know, stay hungry, stay hungry, man. We've got to stay hungry. Yeah. And that's so, kind of the theme of our show today is predictions, fitness, business predictions for 2014 or just trends in general. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is about to, for the bubble's about to burst big time on this area, and that's all of these stupid infomercial fitness programs. I'm talking insanity. You know, P90X is not that bad, actually. That, that's a legitimate program. I mean, it's not something I would do, and it's right. not something I, that anyone I know who's a hardcore fitness person would do, but for an everyday person who just wants a good fitness program they can do at home, it's not a bad option. It's not a bad way to go. It's a good gateway drug. You know, yeah. it, it is the official marijuana of uh, fitness programs that you can buy online. <laughs> right, exactly. It gets you in the game, and most likely you're going to want to go past it at some point and, and progress into other arenas. But stuff like insanity, and that, the worst ones, the ones that irritate me the most, honestly, and we've talked about this before, are the ones like UFC Fit and Tap Out. These are such a joke, especially when they have the fighters come on there going, oh, I use this to prepare for my fights. It's like, yeah, right. Come on, man. Come that on. kind of stuff irritates me to no end. And it's just, well, it, it's a, it's if a you look at the program, it's the yeah. same kind of bullshit that you see with insanity. It's like, yeah, you're doing a bunch of kicks and so forth. So now, now someone's going to do this workout and think they're fighters. Like, oh, I can fight now. <laughs> I do UFC fits. Like, no, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Hey, but like you know when what, Ty Bo, remember when Ty Bo was hot and he had those infomercials <laughs> where this one lady's like, oh, I feel sorry for anyone who tries to mug me now. I'm going to Ty Bo kick them in the and face. Also, Boom. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're going to land on your ass and fucking lose everything, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's those, those, you know, I, th- I think the bubble's about to burst on these because there's too many of them. I mean, this is what happens. Like, one person has success, and then it becomes a feeding frenzy. Like, everybody's, like, trying to get theirs now. And this, I've seen this happen in so many different industries. It happened in the rock music when that blew up, like, when Metallica blew up with thrash metal. Like, everyone started putting their thrash metal music out there, and most of it sucked. That's why we don't know any of those bands now. It happened with the rock bands, rap bands. I mean, it's it's happened in so many different arenas. And the the bubble always bursts, and then the whole thing just dissipates. Like kettlebell workshops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a park in 2002, and then I start making good money with it, and then all of a sudden, like, people are popping up with kettlebell workshops left and right. And now the only people that are really making good money with kettlebell workshops are the people that were doing it back then, honestly, like uh, Steve Cotter's doing really well with his and you're, you're doing well with yours and Ken and myself. And I was like a, like a few of us that got in that first wave. And, and now I see people trying to do kettlebell workshops where like two people show up or they cancel it because only one person signed up. It, it, it's another one of those things, man. It's like, you know, be, be more original. Stop sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone else to prove if something works or not and then jumping in. You know, you're never going to be successful with that mentality. You have to be the trailblazer. Take some risks in life. You know, that should be your goal in 2014. Take some fucking risks. Stop waiting for someone else to show you. A, yeah, stop waiting <laughs> for someone thing. else to be like, oh, that works? Okay, cool. I'm going to do that too. It's like, come on. Yeah, there's a thing for 2014, folks. Grow a set. 
And the thing is, somebody, and you know what? And there'll be some people that are like, well, why is it always about testicles? No, grow some ovaries too. In fact, it takes it takes someone to have bigger ovaries than testicles. Any man can smash on a woman, but it takes a lot to sit there and push a eight, ten pound baby from between your legs, and then be strong enough to let your man feel like he's actually doing a good job when he's hitting it. And he's like, whose is this? Whose is this? Like, dude, she pushed out a ten pound baby between her legs. You think that your little member is actually doing any damage right now? Calm your nerves. But she loves you so much, she won't hurt your little feelings. So yeah, you know, we also have to remember these phrases are, they're just metaphors, man. People think exactly. stuff so literally. It's like, oh, that's, to, that's derogatory to this. It's like it's a metaphor. Relax. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, getting back to the whole insanity thing and all that. Now, here's the, part, here's the issue right here. The thing with insanity, it's the same company that has, that's owned by P90X. So what you have, and that other chick, um, oh man, Charlene or whatever her name is, all of them are beach body. So all this is repurposed right, right. crap by a bunch of corporate dudes who really don't work out. Even though you'll see in the very early stages of P90X, there was a quote unquote CEO of beach body, yeah. you know, working out. You know, he's pulling the hair club for men card on us right there. I'm not only a <laughs> member, I'm not only the president, I'm also a member. Shut up. So anyhow, the thing is, you got a lot of repurposing going on with that. And like right. I said. The thing about P90X, it's a good gateway drug, but the problem with P90X and all those beach body crap things is the, is the supplements in the middle, in the MLM network marketing that they do. There's right. nothing worse than to be someone like you or myself, and I'm on Facebook and I get this private message, and it's from Johnny Buff, Buffman, beach body coach. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. You know, as soon as I see that, I'm like, ugh. Just shoot me now. And so then it's like, hey, Sincere, you know, I love what you and Mike are doing. You know, I love talking about this. And the famous phrase, this great opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and what kills me about all that stuff, you know, Shakeology and all this stuff like that, they probably, like we've said before, it's probably a good product. But the thing is, A, most of these people are not coaching. You know, just because you are someone that bought P90X, you did the program, you saw results from it, you took the supplements, you actually, you're actually being disciplined enough to actually Start moving around and putting a program together and things like that does not necessarily make you a coach. Does no. not make you a coach. No. And when there's someone that is a certified personal trainer or they are a strength and conditioning coach and they sit there and say that they're a beach body coach, they can say all that in the same breath. I don't have much respect for them. Because my thing right. is, like, why don't you just be the strength and conditioning coach that is actually like, okay, I, I like these. I like the Shakeology, you know, supplements or whatever, you know, and, and my thing is if my folks, they ask about it, then I'll say, hey, here you go. But if you start pushing it on your clients and saying, we're going to do a challenge and everybody's going to buy this kit with all these supplements from Shakeology and all that, then, dude, you, you've become a part of the problem right here, where now the money is more of your focus than the people and their health and their well-being and their longevity. So that's the issue I have with that. So, again, Insanity and Charlene, what's her face and all that, and, and Zumba Boy and all those folks like that. It's just all this repurposing. And, and Zumba, I know there's people that enjoy it. And I can appreciate Zumba, especially for, like, the older population out there. If it gets them moving, then no problem. But my thing is, I guess I've seen Zumba way before it was Zumba. It was called me DJing in a club. Okay, it was called a rave. It was called it was called a Friday night back in the day. I don't when did it become this thing where it's go go do salsa dancing on a Friday night, have some exactly. fun. Exactly. I'm like go into the aerobics class. So but of course there are people out there like, Well, if it gets people moving, yeah, I'm all for this. That gets them moving, but don't take yourself so freaking seriously. Cause just right. and, and guess what? I know there's the one person out there like, Well, like you guys take yourself so seriously with your kettlebells. No. Because I'll say it a million times. It's just a steel or iron ball with a handle on it is not going to save the world. It is not going to save the world. 
it's not gonna it's not gonna feed the entire country. Okay, and, now, and it doesn't there, bother me when someone says, "Oh, kettlebell training sucks." I, I just respond with what with your famous phrase. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what 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 does that what effect does that have on me? Like, I'm gonna stop doing it now because somebody doesn't like it. If exactly. I like it, I'm gonna keep going. And exactly. so, I mean, I, I don't I don't think we take it seriously at all in that sense. I mean, I, I think kettlebells are a great training tool. It's allowed me to have a great living in the fitness business. So much of my early success was kettlebell training based, and to an extent, still is now. And it's a tool that I'm always going to use whether I'm teaching kettlebells or not. So I think it's a legitimate training system. Right. So if someone comes along and they want to talk some smack, that, that's their opinion. That's cool. It doesn't affect it, me it, one way it, or Yeah, and the thing is I'm not attached to it like that. And it's right. a tool. It's a tool. And, hell, who's to say 10 years from now, I'll be like, you know what, I'm done with kettlebells. I'm with you, brother. You know, who, who knows? Again, it's just it's this inanimate object. And the thing right. is it has no meaning. None of this has meaning. It only has the meaning you give to it. So if you think it right. sucks, and guess what? You're right. To you, it sucks. I'm not disputing that. For you, it's good that you say that it sucks. But for me, I, I like what it's done for me as far as not just my body, but also to my career and also to how it's helped with the training for my clients and helped better their lives as well. Again, yeah, it was so a It's a fun way to train, man. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who gets into it, they come to our workshops or they take a class or they buy a video and they start playing around with it. It's different. It's different than other styles of weight training that most people are used to. It's more fluid. It's more full body. I mean, it's really fun, especially the first time you get into it. You're like, wow, this is something totally different. It's a new challenge. So that really gets you excited about it. And I think, I think the, the mindset, the takeaway message there is be open to trying different things. Yeah, and because, if it's fun, then do that. So guess yeah, what? I'm, I'm going to exactly. say this. I'm going to say this. If you buying that DVD <laughs> of UFC Fit and you found that that was fun, enjoy it for that. And it got you moving. You had fun with that. Awesome. But don't take your ass outside after watching that DVD, and then all of a sudden you're trying to go up and trying to, like, box somebody. Because you might get <laughs> knocked the F out. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's more the marketing of it that yeah. irritates me than anything else. The actual content, I think, is kind of silly, too. But like you said, that can be argued for if someone finds it interesting and fun, then more power to them. But, but, but there's nothing innovative in any of these videos. There's nothing in these videos that you haven't seen somewhere else, you know, for well, those thing of us that fitness. My thing is don't sell the lie. Don't, don't put the fighters on it. Don't put Uriah Faber. Exactly. Don't put what Ronda Rousey. Don't put Michael Bisping on there and say, you know, these are the exact same moves that we use during our training. Okay, I've watched you guys prepare for a fight. <laughs> I have not seen you doing those fucking 6'4 Impala style mountain climbers before your training. And not that I'm watching your training 24-7, but we all know that technique is terrible. That bouncing up and down on a mountain climber that you see, like, on The Biggest Loser and all that, that's horrible because it's got bad alignment. you got to hump back. Come on, your tail's sucking up under you and everything. Come on, man. That technique is terrible. Why, why aren't real, legitimate testimonials enough? Like I told you, Mike. Why, why do you have to have all these? Uh, I mean, for example, my testosterone booster, it's all real people. I don't, I don't pay anyone to take the product and give me an endorsement. I didn't send a bunch of free bottles out to people I don't know to get their feedback. I sent it to people like you and friends of mine. But all, all of the testimonials for that product or any of my products, those are, those are real people sending me real feedback. So why isn't that enough, in my opinion? So if UFC Fit is such a good program, why can't they just post real testimonials from real people? Not these yeah, paid yeah, fitness celebrities. <laughs> not, not the people in the infomercial who are were already in shape. Yeah, I don't want fitness models. I don't want to see a fitness model telling me they got in the best shape of their life. I don't want to see the ex-athlete right. talking about they're now in the best shape of their life. I don't, I don't want to see the fighters who pretty much been in the best shape of their lives for years, probably since they were 
kids because they've been fighting for that freaking long and they've been training in martial arts all that long. And just feel like you, you can have a body like mine, not just from that DVD. Come on, man. Give everybody the whole truth. Just by leaving out some truth is already a lie. You know, right. it's a lie by omission. And men, we know what a lie by omission, what kind of cost we pay with that with our women. <laughs> you know, somebody, well, I, I didn't lie to you. I didn't say anything. You lied by omission. We know that's gotten our asses in a lot of trouble. So guess what? <laughs> so guess what? A lie by omission is, is just the same as straight telling the lie. Just stop with the lying and the marketing. Get people straight up. And like I told Mike, when we, when we first saw this video uh, for that commercial for UFC Fit, there's there other programs out there. Yeah, there's plenty so of funny, But that one really caught our eyes because, you know, we're, we're fight fans. And just to see some of the right. fighters in that commercial – kind of just supporting the lie, thinking that this is going to be the one and only tool. Yeah, of course somebody's going to be out there where, you know, they got to make money too, they got to eat. Yeah, but you can't make money by telling the truth. I mean, you're, you're becoming more of the problem, not the solution. I mean, the Kettle Works people email me and say they want me to be involved with their crap, and I shut it down immediately. I, I didn't even wait to hear what the offer is. I was like, <laughs> I don't care what the offer is. I'm not interested. Exactly. I'm not a sellout. I'm not, I don't want to be involved in some bullshit. I've openly said I think the program's a joke and a travesty and – not, not even remotely a legitimate way of kettlebell training. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be part of it because they're willing to dish out some money? I don't think so. I don't need to make money like that. You know, I, I can make as much money as I need and want legitimately. That's what I've done my whole career. I don't have to make up a bunch of crap. You know, how much money do you really need also? You have, you have to sell your soul for every opportunity that comes your way. Like anytime someone says, hey, I'll pay you to do this, you got to do it. It's just, it's just stupid. So, and like I told Mike when we first saw this, you know what? You really want to impress me. And I think another way that you can really do better with your marketing, get rid of these fucking fitness models. Who gives a damn? <laughs> first of all, I got an issue with body image as it is, especially with this industry. And it, it, even with people who are fit and the way they view their own body, they have their own issues because right. they it's never good enough. It's right. never good enough. No matter how much hard work they put in, how many, they can have an eight pack. They can have an eight pack. 2% body fat, and it's still not enough for so many people. They still, I, right. I want to get 1% body fat. Oh, so you just want to be just meat and bones. But then, I mean, come well, on, or, man. Or it's, I want to be ripped and then be the strongest I've ever been. You know, it's like <clears throat> no trade-offs. It's like, look, you know, you have to make choices often in life. Like, I can be 180 pounds and 6% body fat. I've been there before. Right. I'm not going to be anywhere near as strong as I am now at 200 plus pounds and you know, like 10 to 12 percent body fat. So it's, it's always going to it's always a trade off. Now I feel way better now being heavier and stronger than I did then. Sex drive is way higher, moods better, and so forth. So I mean I I'm more concerned with how I feel each day. So if, right. if I if I rather feel great each day and not have like a full ripped six pack than feel like crap. But look good. You know, walking down the street, people are like, oh, wow, that guy must be in great. That guy must feel great, this, that, and so forth. But no, you, you feel like crap. And that's the other thing a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people look at a lot of fitness competitors, bodybuilders, or just people in magazines who you know, are just models, shirts yeah. and so forth. And they're like, oh, man, they look so healthy and vibrant and so forth. I want to look like those, that. Lot of like, people, first, first of all, a lot of those people look like that for the photo shoot. You know, they don't look like that walking <laughs> around. That's the first thing. Second thing is a lot of those people who do who are like that all year round, they feel like crap. I'm not saying all of them. You know, there's people who look like that who feel great, don't get me wrong. But there's also a lot of people like that who, who just feel like crap every day because they can't eat what they want. You know, they have no real energy because they're always on these calorie restrictions. They have to put in a certain amount of training and so forth. You know, their skin looks all washed out and dried out and so forth. It, it, it's not healthy, man. You go to these events like the Mr. Olympia Expo or – uh, the, what's the one, uh, the Arnold Expo, yeah. and you walk around and you look at all these different booths and people hawking all these supplements and so forth. It's, 
it's not a beacon of health at all. And that, that's, I mean, I remember the first time I went to one of these events, like I almost wanted to quit working out afterwards. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to be associated with all of this. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the other thing that's going to happen in 2014 is that there's going to be more focus on people who are going, you know what, I want to feel good too. I want to be healthy. I want to be there for my family. I want to have a longer life. I don't need to take it to these extremes, which are not healthy, and then just take too much time away from my life where I'm devoting too much to this area, where I'm working out six days a week for several hours. I always laugh when you hear these actors who say, like I was watching this. I uh, work out three, I work out four hours a day. I was watching this interview with Michael Chiklis on Larry King, and he's like, oh, when I decided to change my image from this roly-poly guy to look more badass with a role for the shield, you know, I hit the gym. I was in there seven days a week, three hours a day. I was like, all right, first of all, let's say that's true. What the fuck were you doing there for three hours, seven days a week? You weren't doing anything useful, man, all right? Because you don't work out with me. You're going to be done in 45 minutes. You're going to want to leave. You're not going to want to stick around for another two hours. That's number one. And, and, and why do you have to be? Why do you have to work out that much anyway? It's not like he was some ripped machine on the shield. He looked like a regular dude. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's the other myth that a lot of people think is they think, well, I want to get in shape, but I don't have time to put in three hours, six, seven times a week. I was like, well, even if you did have the time, I, you know what? I actually do have the time to do it. Guess what? I don't do it because I know it's not effective. Right. <laughs> you 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 get the training stimulus and then you get the restoration. I don't need to go to the gym and hang out for three hours. It's not a fun place to be. I don't want to go to my home gym for three hours. You know, I get a good workout in, which is never longer than an hour, and then I move on with my life. And I, I, think, I think also what's happening is, like, you're doing, the, you're doing a really good job with your personal development program. And for people that are not that familiar, I mean, you're, you're going way beyond just training and nutrition. Now you're really getting into someone's life and, and having a profound effect on them. And I think that's something that's – I think you're really pioneering that, where that's going to be a big deal in 2014, because one of the problems with all of these programs, not just the infomercial programs, but even, even legitimate videos. Like, you know, there's a lot of people making good training videos out there and so forth, and books, et cetera. But the problem is, is that none of these things are personalized to the individual, because they can't be. You can't make a video and, and take every single person who may buy it into account. It's not possible. Right. But that's one of the big drawbacks to these kind of systems is that it doesn't take you as an individual into account. No nutrition book out there, period, takes you as an individual into account for obvious reasons. No training video does either. So I think what a lot of people are going to be craving now is there's so much information out there. I don't know which way to go. I need someone who can guide me through all of this madness, help me determine what's the best fit for me, and, and get me where I want to go. So I think personalization is going to continue. It's going to be something that start. It's already started, but I think it's going to start proliferating a lot more. Yeah, you know, at this point, people are people are like getting hip to it. The folks are getting hip because they're like, you know what? I tried this and this. I I just had someone reach out to me like, oh, I went to I've been I went to a boot camp before I called you. I was doing that for about a year, and I then I hurt my knee, and I just realized my knee shouldn't be hurt like this from doing this type of training. And I told you guys, and yeah, this is a trend I see that's gonna die off in 2014. But I said this actually when we first started doing the show back in May of 2013, that one of the dying trends is gonna be it's gonna be the death of the boot camp. Yeah, for years had my own fit camps. My approach was way different than these typical boot camps out there that were just trying to cash in by packing them in. I was never about that. I, I wanted everything always to be small, so therefore everybody can get personalization. I didn't want to have 40 and 50 people in a how, – how is it one coach can effectively train 
40 or 50 people at one time. And you have people from different backgrounds and, and different, having different issues and all these different things coming in there at once. And how can you address that effectively with 40 or 50 people? They didn't care. They can't. And they didn't care about that. They wanted just to get the money and get them in. And then hopefully right. they, they start having that gym mentality, that commercial big box gym mentality that wants to get 40 or 50 people in, that eventually after that first week or so, the 40 or 50 people won't show up at the same time after that. Everybody kind right. of just scatters off. Some people just drop off and just won't come at all, but they've already paid. and They're doing a recurring membership. So if, if that coach is – well, I can't even call him a coach and feel good about that. But if that boot camp owner is smart, he would have put them on recurring – uh, memberships instead of just doing a one-time payment. So if they're just paying their monthly fee or whatever, then that's all they, that's all that so-called boot camp owner cared about. So they were hoping that people were going to drop off like flies. And guess what? Most of the time, most of them did drop off like flies. I just see it all the time at the park that I was training in. But I got sick of it because a, not only were they doing this, but they would also, since they were, most of these people were not qualified coaches or trainers, what they would do, they would like sit there and park their classes nearby near our class and just watch what we do. And then they would try to start doing what we were doing. So it became that episode of, it became that episode of Will and Grace, where Grace is, like, training, and she's, like, in the gym. And, but she's being a cheap ass, something that Mike and I just talked about before the show started, about people just being cheap for no reason at all. She's being a cheap ass. She didn't want to hire a personal trainer. So she's in the gym, peeping around the corner, watching this personal trainer work with this client. And so <laughs> Grace is doing whatever the guy was showing the girl to do that he was working with. And so then she got busted one day. And he goes, hey, what are you doing? She's like, well, what are you doing? And he goes, are, are you stealing personal training? She's like, <laughs> yeah. And Grace goes, uh, well, you weren't that great anyway. And then she runs off. So, yeah, I used to have to deal with the same stuff. It was to the point where my, you know, the members in my class was like, dude, they're, they're just doing whatever we're doing. And so I would be the asshole. I'm like, you know what? The least, and I would say this out loud, so the least you could do is at least buy my DVD. And at least you can learn how to do the technique properly instead of just trying to watch and figure it out. That's because those are some horrible chimp walks you're doing. And they, just look at, they would just look at me and put their head down and just try to walk away. Or, or one girl, at least she's like, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you saw you got busted. You weren't sorry that you were cheating and stealing. So right, my thing is, right. and I got tired of it. So then eventually my buddy Mike House had a gym, and he wanted to cut back on his hours, but he didn't want the gym to go away, and he wanted to give it up. So he's like, hey, man, why don't you just move your classes over here, man? Come teach over here, and, you know, let's just split the gym. So I was very happy about that to get away from that park environment because it was starting to take an effect on my folks because the technique was so terrible. And it's really hard when you're learning great technique to watch someone else using such poor technique and they have a trainer there that's not trying to correct them. And so you would see people doing crazy stuff, Mike. There's this one hill at that park. It's about a 40 yard hill. This one jackass had people going up that hill, well, excuse me, going down that hill with barbells on their back. Oh, or man. they were, yeah, so they're doing lunge. No, excuse me, I didn't finish. They had barbells on their back, so they were doing lunges down that hill. And the biggest thing was this dude. He had to be about 270. He's very much out of shape. You, know, you can tell he just started. He had this dude going down that hill with a barbell on his neck, you know, on his traps. Well, it should have been on his trap. Again, on his neck. And he's lunging down that hill. And I'm watching every time he lands, I'm just like, damn. It's at those moments where you wish the fitness industry was like the medical profession, where you have to take this Hippocratic oath with do no harm, where you can just step in like, dude, 
I, I have to stop this. The best thing you can do is lead by example. And I mean, eventually the people are wise. The people will see. They'll see the difference. In fact, there were multiple times. This one class, this one chick from a big boot camp franchise. I'm sure everyone has one in their town. They'll know what I'm talking about, but you see them everywhere. Okay. They were doing a class, and then my girls were flipping tires. They were smashing with sledgehammers. They were working with the TNT cables and, and that we got from my buddy John Hines. They were working with all this stuff. So they would, it was a strength training day. And then they ran sprints. So I remember hearing one of the girls in the other class like, why don't we ever do stuff like that? All we do is run and run and run. Those girls over there, they're, they're over there like doing strength training. She goes, you don't worry about what they're doing. So what we're doing here is what works for us. She goes, well, I'm not losing any weight. She said, I'm not getting any stronger, so it's not working. Well, you can leave the class. This is all happening out loud. First of all, professionalism. Why are you having a debate, an argument with your client in front of your class and as well as everyone else? That's doing a lot of great things for your business, lady. So (laughs) it's a couple situations like that. Again, I see the death of the boot camp. And actually, I hope there is going to be death to the boot camp because I would rather see it being more personalized I'm not saying trading your time for dollars and doing the one-on-one. Some people enjoy the one-on-one. If that client can remain accountable and show up and not waste your time as a coach, then awesome. Do your one-on-ones if you don't mind that. Charge accordingly so, therefore, you won't get burnt out. So if you're doing like 12 clients a day, that's 12 hours of work. And when are you going to have time to trade? Change your marketing. Change your niche. Dial that niche down and really work with a specialized category of clients out there. Get out there, get the knowledge, so therefore you pay for what you know. Because that's another thing. A lot of people tend to just think that we're all the same as far as strength and conditioning coaches, personal trainers, fitness professionals. They think we're all on the same playing field here. And honestly, we're not. We're not. There are some of us that have way, way deeper depths of knowledge out there for the things that we've done. And my thing is, if you're one of those people, if you've invested the time to learn from the best and be the best, you need to charge like you're the best. A shitty-ass lawyer that just went, didn't pass the bar, and they advertised in the green sheet, they're the ones that are going to go and just do traffic tickets and bail you out and handle that stuff, just, just get you bonded. They're going to charge like 30 40 bucks for that. It'll give you a quickie divorce. But you, if you want to be up there and be a high-powered attorney, you're going to put in the work. You're going you're to bite the bullet. You're going to do your time, pay your dues, learn from the best, find a mentor that's already big in that industry. You're going to learn from them, and then you're going to work your way up, and then you're going to put yourself in a position where you can be – that person with that same power and that you can command the same pricing as well. If you really care about this, being in this industry and being successful, you've got to set yourself up for success. And therefore, once you get there and you're climbing up that ring of success, you need to make sure that you are charging for what you're worth. Do not be afraid to charge. Don't worry about them saying fucking no. Let me say this. If, they, if you're out there and they've seen you, they see you on YouTube. They see you on Facebook. They see you in your classes. They see you out in the park. They see you doing your thing. They see what kind of good coach you are and the kind of following that you have. They already know what you're worth. And if they call you after that, don't let them bullshit you. They can afford you. If they can pick up the phone and call you, they can afford you. This thing about window shoppers, they don't walk into a store and start like, hey, can you show me this? Can you give me this? Blah, 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 without the intent to buy. Window shoppers look. That's what they do. They watch. I mean, pricing is all about supply and demand. So, I mean, earlier in your career, you're not going to be able to charge anywhere near as much as you can charge exactly. between 10 years in your career. So, like, when I first started off, what I would charge for a workshop or an online program was a lot less than what I charge now. Because now I'm way more knowledgeable and way right. better at it than I was then. And exactly. my time is more limited because I'm doing a lot of different things. 
So I don't like to have more than 10 online clients at one time. In fact, these days I keep it to about five. So I, I price it pretty high. And I could, I could probably price it even higher than I do, but I want to keep it affordable for exactly. some people. I mean, I don't want to charge $2,000 for three months. You know, I charge nine ninety five, which is on the high end for a three-month program, but you have to realize that this is, not a pro- this is not a service where someone pays for it, and then I just pull out a generic program from a file and send it to them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, a de- it's a detailed profile questionnaire. I use that to design a personalized program. I update it weekly. They have access to me anytime to ask questions and get concerns addressed. Same thing with the nutrition side of things. It's very much personalized. If they're willing to do hormone testing, I even cover that in too. It's not a requirement, but if they want to go get their hormone work done, I'll, I'll, give, I'll review that and I'll use that to personalize it even further. Right. So it's like the more value you provide, the, the more you can charge as well. Yeah. And, and the, more, the more demand you have, also the more you can charge. So mm-hmm. early in my career when no one knew who I was, could I charge what I charge now? Of course not. Right. But, I, but I, I still didn't give it away for nothing. You know, I, right. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't do private lessons for zero. I still charged what I thought was a reasonable price at that time. It's not like I was doing private lessons for $10. Right. And then you just build up from there. So I, I think that's the key thing there. But I, I think what the mistake a lot of people make is they think kind of like the gym, the gym mindset of get a lot of people in paying a low monthly fee. Yeah. And then hopefully most of those people just don't show up. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just make, and then I only have to work with the people who do. So they have these membership models, for example, where you only charge ten dollars a month to be part of some membership group, like an online membership group. Mm-hmm. And then you have a thousand people who sign up for it, and nine hundred and ninety of them <laughs> don't do anything, right? They yeah. just they just pay the ten bucks a month, and they see it on their credit card, and they're like, ah, it's only ten bucks. So maybe 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 someday I'll actually get engaged with it. And then 10 people who pay that fee or you're actually working with, it's still not adding up to as much as you would like because it's still a lot to manage and so forth. And then the people that you do have to work with are a total pain in the ass because these are cheap-ass people that are only paying 10 bucks, but they're expecting right. you to provide a service like someone who's, who's charging what I charge. So now, now you end up having to give all of those people a ton of effort back, and, and you, you've, you've attracted the wrong people as well because you went with that cheap-ass mindset. And I, I think that's, that's the first mistake right there. But you know what's funny is I always laugh when traders talk about how, oh, all these people are, are cheap asses. They just want free information. They don't want to buy anything. And then we're like, okay, well, what do you buy in your life? And these, and these traders are the biggest cheap asses you'll ever meet. Man. Like what we were talking about before we started recording. They, they don't buy – they only drink water when they go to dinner, not because they're trying to be healthy, but because they don't want to jack up the bill. So they don't get iced tea even. You, know, you don't have to get an alcoholic beverage, but they won't even get green tea or coffee or iced tea because they don't want to drive the bill up. These people don't buy anything at all. I'm not talking about like fitness stuff, just in general, not buying anything. And then they complain that no one's buying their stuff. I mean, hey, man, you get what you attract right there. So Right, right, exactly. <laughs> that's one thing about tribalism. That's usually what happens. Usually like attract like. There's no such thing as opposite attract. That's bullshit. That's not one of those bullshit phrases. It seems like we get a bullshit phrase every well, week. They, they may no. attract sincere, but they don't last. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 for example, like a, a young girl who wants the bad guy, right, bad boy. Yeah, that, that's fun for maybe a month or something, and then it's not. Then the, then the chick wises up and realizes, you know what, this guy's a loser, going a nowhere. Lot of trouble. Get off this train. <laughs> and then the guy his ass out. Bad, <laughs> so I like this bad girl, man. She's a partying girl. She likes to snort cocaine. She wants me to snort cocaine off her ass. You know, whatever the debauchery is. And then, and then, and then you realize, you know what? 
every time I go out with this chick, she's a total pain in the ass. She's getting into fights. She's getting arrested. She's doing stupid shit, embarrassing me. <laughs> and then you realize, I don't want to be with someone like that. And then you finally you know, get your head on straight and, and go with someone who's more like you. So, yeah, I agree with you. Ultimately, this whole opposites attract thing. Opposites may attract. It's not going to last us. You, yeah. you want to think of your business the same way as that. Honestly, it's very simple. You want to get people like you. Doesn't that make the most sense in the world? I mean, my business was like, okay, what would I be looking for if I were a consumer? And right. I was a consumer of nutrition books, supplements, training information, you name it. So I knew exactly what I was looking for, real legitimate information delivered in a straight-up manner. None of this hand-holding bullshit. Right. None of this over-the-top crap either. None of this like uh, you know, insulting your manhood to get you to buy something. Like, that's what a lot of programs do is they, they like to say – Tired of having the little dick? Bye-bye program. (laughs) Tired of not getting laid for the last 10 years? Bye-bye program. You'll get stronger, bigger, and you'll have a bigger package. You know, it's like that kind of mentality of... Let me me join the rest of the world. Let me emasculate you just one more time before I try to bring you up. Okay. And and people are tired of this Dan Kennedy. I think that's another trend, too, that's going to die quick death is this Dan Kennedy over-the-top marketing bullshit. People are fed up of it. But, you know, when I started my business, I, I wanted it to be something that I would want to consume. What kind of business would I – what kind of information would I want? And I think that's why it's done so well for me is I've always been honest to, you know, what, what's in line with who I am philosophically. And I think that's the mistake a lot of trainers make is they go, what's going to make me money as opposed to, you know, what, what are you all about and what kind of people do you actually want? You know, forget about just getting anybody. I don't want just anybody. I want people mm-hmm. that are people that I could probably go hang hang out with. I could be friends of mine. But that's yeah, and, and that being said, just like just last night, my folks and I, we went bowling. Trust me, bowling is something serious for me, and I'm very competitive when it comes to bowling. Trust me. I lost the second game, and I was pissed. I was pissed. I did not roll a good game, but you know what? I had fun, and I had fun hanging out with the folks that I, I trained with that, that were part of my class. And guess what? That builds this family environment even more. That just strengthens the bond. So this is my thing. This is another reason why having 40 or 50 people in a class in a boot camp just it's just not going to work. One thing about it, these folks, most of these folks have been with me for years. It's not because I'm going out the way a greedy trainer would do. You know, you know that trainer, the guy that gets a client, but he only gives them so much information so he can keep stringing them along. So they'll never have the option of letting him go. Well, at least in his mind, you, there's always an option, people. There's always an option always. to cut, cut somebody always. loose. You always have a choice. So don't let him bullshit you. So anyway, the thing there is that to provide such a great service that no one, that you're not even looking. That's what I was about to say. My thing right? is, yeah, that's my thing. I, I always straight up tell them from the first day, look, I'm going to do my best to help you. Like now I know what you want to get from this program. I'm going to do my best to get you there. And then I want to be to a point where if I'm not around. If you go out of town, if you miss class, you'll know what to do. And then if something happens where you have to stop coming to my class, you'll know what to do. You can still at least maintain and go from there. I want to equip you as much as possible. I don't want you dependent on me. I said, because, look, I have three kids, and two of them are not dependents anymore. They're adults, and, and they know this. I have that Warren Buffett attitude like, okay, you're making your own money now, and go out there and do it. You know, if there's an emergency situation, then yeah, but I'm not going to spoil them and give them everything because they'll never be equipped to go out and do anything for themselves. I look at the same way with my class members. I want to equip them as much as possible because let's just admit it. When they come to you, that's that infant, adolescent, teenage stage right there. So what you want to do is help them become, just help them grow up in this, in this world, this fitness world. 
in this world of health. Again, what we're doing is we're giving them all the tools. We're giving them the knowledge, the things that they didn't necessarily know, per se, or know how to do, per se. And once you equip them with that, now they have an option. Then they can make a decision. I, I want to stay because I like the environment. I like the culture. I like just being around the friends and family that I've made in the class. It's not so much that I need them. It's that I want them. And that's what you want from your clients. You want them to want you, not need you. I don't want anyone to need me. I don't want my wife to need me. She's a grown-ass woman. I don't want her needing me. When someone needs you, that's an effing problem right there, man. That is, that's scary. The only person in life that really should need you is an infant, okay, because they can't really do anything on their own. A child, there's not much they can do on their own. They should need you. But when they're older and able, no one should ever need another person. Wanting and needing are two different things, whether it's with people, relationships, or even with just products and consuming crap. Same thing. You don't need that purse, okay? You don't need that watch. You don't need that Lamborghini. You don't need that car. You don't need that big-ass house. You want it. Then you have to ask yourself, why do I want that? You have to ask yourself, why do I want that? Most of the time, we, we really don't. We want it because someone told us that we wanted it. Like, you right. should want that. You should want a big house. You should want to own your own home. You should want to go to college and collect all, and get all this student loan debt. But you know what? At least you went there. You should want this. You should want that girl that looks like this and looks like that and has this and that and the other. That's what you should want. You should want three kids. Okay, if you're a very irresponsible adult, the last thing you should fucking do is have kids. Okay, let's just start right there. Okay, my thing is you can't take care of yourself. Who are you to procreate? If you're stupid, don't create more stupidity. Well, that, that's a whole discussion right there. <laughs> that's a whole different you, you show could, right you there. You could get me talking for hours from now on. <laughs> you, know, you, you see so many people that are irresponsible with kids, and then you see so many people who don't want kids who would probably be good parents. Better parents. You know? exactly. that's, Why? It's kind of a funny thing, man. It's kind of okay. like uh, the, the, the most qualified person to be president of our country is going to be someone who doesn't want to do it. No, it's like the fact when, when someone decides they actually want to do it, you already know they're corrupt. Just the fact <laughs> that they even want to go down that route, they're not going to be a good pick. <clears throat> it would be better for someone who has no desire whatsoever, but like, look, man, you got to do it. You're the best person to do it, and they reluctantly take on the position. Right. Then, then you're going to have a good leader. But I mean, that's also another discussion that could go on forever. But I think I think with this whole trend of, of things that are that, that are going to start changing in 2014 or beyond. Again, this whole over-the-top marketing, and, and here's kind of the whole history of fitness marketing is that, first of all, let, let's say 10, 15 years ago, no one really knew what they were doing with regards to fitness marketing. You didn't really have anyone that was studying effective marketing, marketing outside of the industry and then bringing it in. And I mean trainers. I don't mean big companies like EAS who were very effective with their marketing. I'm talking about just individual trainers. So you would have these trainers that would just – it would just have prices listed on a website, right? It's a glorified business card. No reason, no, nothing to support why anyone should pick this individual over anyone else. So then what happened is a lot of trainers started realizing, okay, we need to learn marketing. And that's one thing that I had already ingrained before I got into the business because I was doing business development for a lot of companies is how to market myself. And then I learned how to do more stuff and so forth. And then that's when everyone got on this whole Dan Kennedy train where long ad copy for everything. And this can be done effectively. You know, I, I read his books, too, and I decided, okay, yeah. there's some merit here because you, know, you, you can't expect someone to spend $400 for a workshop and then just have three sentences about the course. You've got to get into more detail about why they should come, what the benefits are, and then have customer support, testimonials, et cetera, and then have a clear call to action, like sign up now or the price is going to go up. You know, all of those things are essential for promoting an effective course. 
The problem is, is when you go from that to over-the-top bullshit where you start adding up benefits that are not going to happen. You just start basically blatantly lying to people. And that, that's when that marketing is no longer effective. I mean, for like my testosterone booster, I can't just have two sentences explaining why the product is good because there's so many other options for people to choose from. So me as a, as a small company trying to compete in a very saturated market, the only leverage I have is, one, a, re- a good reputation, high traffic website. Those are essential things. But then I need to get into extreme detail why this product is better than others, what it's going to do for you, how to take it, what the benefits are, you know, extreme detail to get someone to buy it. That can be done without me going totally over the top and using a lot of language that is nonsensical, which just insults anyone who has half a brain. So, so you're not going to see anything such as, Take you know, my testosterone booster and bang three girls by the end of the week. Yeah, your, your, ball, your balls are going to be twice the weight, and your dick's going to be three inches longer, and you're going to have women just knocking on your door trying to break it down to get to you. You know, like that kind of nonsense, which you <laughs> see on a lot of other tes- right. testosterone booster type products. You see that kind of bullshit thrown in there. So, I mean, I, I think what's going to happen more in 2014 is that you start pulling back from this over-the-top Dan Kennedy marketing style. Because I remember when everyone jumped on that bandwagon, and you couldn't go to a website without seeing these over-the-top taglines. Most of them became members of his mastermind, and you could just see right through it. It was to the point where, whether it was in the fitness industry, internet marketing, or, dude, it could just be in bubblegum sales or something like that, martial arts and things. You could just look at the ad copy like, okay, I know this dude's in either Dan's mastermind or they might be in, like, Yannick Silver's mastermind. Because even just when they, what they would even charge with these people, these students of the, both these guys, Yannick is a student of Dan, and then there are a lot of people in the fitness industry that are students of, of Yannick. But, right. it, and there are some that are legit. There are some who, like, have good intentions and they've done well and – they're not shady, but then there's a lot of them that are really shady, and guess what? A lot of them are not even around at this point, or they're doing some other one-trick pony-type BS right now. There's only a few that really put out good products, and eventually what you start to see is even their ad copy started to change and became a little bit more personal. So it became less of a reproduction of Dan's stuff. But my but thing you is, know, you know, you know, it's funny. Even his, even what he recommended was nowhere near what people ended up. Oh, I know, with. of course. His recommendations were actually pretty good. Like his book, I mean, there was there was some of it that I didn't quite agree with, which which is natural. You know, we're going to have different right. opinions and stuff. But the overall message of effective tagline, detailed information about why someone should buy the service, and then yep. a clear call to action. That's all great information that everybody should be knowing and using. I mean, that's obvious, right? Right. But when people started, what happened is people took that and then they like ramped it up on steroids and just made it like this ridiculous, like just say whatever you have to say to entice someone into buying this thing. Right. And that's where it started becoming much more corrupt. I mean, if you don't know how to market yourself, you're going to fail in this business. I don't care how good of a trainer you are or what your product or service is. If you don't know how to market yourself, you're dead in the water. And we right. see that all the time. Let me but at the you. same time, if you make a crappy product and service and you think that you can just market your way to it, that's going to be short-lived. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you, you'll have, you, you may be able to pull off some success, but it's going to be short-lived. People are going to wise up. The word's going to get around, especially in the Internet age where the word can get around oh, yeah. in a second, and you're going to be done. Look, you know, here's a simple formula because I know there's some people like, well, what is this Dan Kennedy marketing and all this? You know, here's the thing. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars to go to, but here's my thing. When it's that important for you to succeed – there's nothing wrong with investing in yourself, and this goes back to what we were talking about before. 
to be able to even justify your prices. When you actually invest in yourself, first of all, don't be a cheap ass with your own education. Right. And, you, and you invest in becoming a better business owner and then becoming a better entrepreneur because there's, there's a difference. There's a difference right there. There are a lot of business owners out there that are busting their asses, wearing all the hats, and they're working these long days just for the sake of saying they don't work for someone else. Well, they do. They work for their business. So that's, there's a difference between just being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. There's a step-by-step process. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself by attending some of these things from the top experts, but just know who you're investing in, first of all. Don't just give your money to anyone. Don't just give your money to any of these guys. You know, do, do your homework, man. Care about yourself and your money enough to do your homework. Look and see who are the success stories out there. Not the same people in the same industry doing the same bullshit. That's not necessarily being a success. Those are called copycats. Okay, that's right. what they're successful at. See who's doing it and, like, who's learned from these people and they're doing these different things or whatever and how they've been doing with their businesses. And invest in yourself. Care enough about your potential customers enough to invest in yourself and do the same. And then go. You learn. Hopefully, whoever you're investing in over delivers on what they're teaching you. Then there's a good takeaway right there. Then you come back and you start working on your business. And then you should focus on over-delivering every freaking time that you're in front of someone. Give them way more than they expect. That right there, that's how you have a long-term customer right well, there. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a famous saying in the Bhagavad Gita Hindu text where it says, mm-hmm. you have a right to your actions, but not the results of your actions. Right. And that was always one of those things where I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And I remember I was the first time I was a kid when I read that. I was like, I don't remember. I don't have a right to the results of my action. And what's the point of the action? You know, that's like the Western mindset. It's like the whole point right. of action is to get something, man. <laughs> and, uh, and then as, as I got older, I started studying philosophy a lot more. It started, I started getting it. And, and really what the way I interpret it anyway is that, you know, focus on excellence in the action phase, just your best effort, like what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And then don't worry about what the result will be. Don't be attached to it because that's a distraction too. You know, goals can be a distraction, ironically, from achieving the goal you're going after. You can be so focused on achieving this goal that it actually becomes, ironically, a distraction and you don't end up achieving it or you give up too much in your, in your chase after it. Like you give up your personal life and all these other things and then you get to it and you're like, man, was it worth it? And the answer is no, because you know, there's too much sacrifice. So it's focused on excellence in the action phase, like what you're talking about. Don't go to a customer with dollar signs in your eyes where, I mean, you're, you're giving them as little as possible to get as much as possible, right? That's the mentality most people have. Give away just enough so you can get everything they have. And my opinion is the opposite. I mean, you mm-hmm. give as much as possible and you're going to get you're going to get the right people that are willing to, to invest in your products and services, and it's going to be sustainable. Like, for example, even like with both of our businesses, you know, we're not, the, we're not the wealthiest guys in the fitness industry by a long shot. You know, like our incomes are not like that at the very top of the whole food chain. We're both doing well. But the thing is, is that both of us have much more sustainable businesses than a lot of other people do. Because we're not bullshitting people. We're giving right. them a lot of good information. We're accessible. We're real and so forth. So in the long run, we end up actually making more because our businesses are going to outlast other people, which are using shady marketing techniques to make as much money as possible, maybe in a couple of years. And then you're done. Your reputation is shot and you have nowhere to go. Well, here's the beautiful thing about that. Also, our success is not based on a dollar amount. My thing is our, our wealth is built on who have we helped? How many people have we helped? And pretty much Whose lives are we impacting in a positive way? And you know what? 
you can't put a dollar sign on that. And here's one more thing about putting out bullshit products. Every time you put out bullshit, you got to keep coming up with better bullshit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and at some point, somebody's going to take a toll on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. that, 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 that really burns your emotional energy, man. You got to come up with bullshit. I mean, I imagine that. that. Like old joke is inside. Imagine you have to just come up with bullshit all the time. You're like, you came out with bullshit and it was effective. You're like, oh crap, now I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this bullshit mode where I have to keep coming up with crap now. Yeah, but here's and, the deal. Here's and eventually the deal. you're going to run out. Yeah, here's the deal. I don't care if it's diarrhea, if it's dog poop, if it's sun dried poop, if it's cat poop, if it's rabbit pellets. It's all shit and no one. Yeah, I, I don't care if you put Udo's oil on it. Over it. It's still shit. <laughs> It doesn't make it healthy. It just got it's shit with healthy shit on top of it. But eventually, I can't even focus on the healthy oil on top of it because it's a pile of shit. Okay, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Shit, look, dude. The best thing, the best thing about shit is when it's used as fertilizer. Okay, so people, when you see bullshit out there, recognize the bullshit. Let that grow your interest in shit that's not shit. Okay, so treat it like the manure that it is to help you raise awareness and grow and think like, you know what? That's, that's crap. And I, think, I don't I want any part of it. You know, you know what also happens, man? That, that's another problem is that you, you start off legit, right? Let, let's use the example of making fitness DVDs to, yeah. to put this in context. So you, you come out, your first video is great. And that's how you build a following. And then your second video is really good too. And third video is good. So you, so you have like four or five videos, which are awesome. And then all of a sudden you don't have any, you don't have any more ideas. But, but you're stuck in this whole, I got to make money selling fitness videos. Instead of thinking, why don't I shift gears into something else? You're stuck in this whole, this fitness videos thing is working for me. So even though I don't have any ideas, I need to keep pumping these videos out there. And then that's when this whole thing changes into crapola. That's yeah. when you go from a guy or a girl who was making great videos to a, it's obvious now that you're just putting out recycled crap. Right. So, I mean, I, I came to this phase in my business where, you know, I, I put out a bunch of videos which were all successful. You know, I never made a training video that just bombed or people were like, that sucked. You know, they, were, they, were, they, were always, they always did well financially, and then the feedback was always outstanding for them. And then I, after I did maybe, maybe it was my advanced workshop video, and then I did the one with Philip B., which was a departure from what I normally do. That was more right. his stuff. At that point, I was like, you know, I don't think I have anything else I want to say on training videos. I don't want to do another kettlebell workshop video or another kettlebell video and I had a couple ideas that you know, I was playing around with, but nothing that I was that excited about. So yeah. I, didn't want to, I didn't really want to push it because if I'm not excited about it, then why bother? Right. So I decided to leave the whole video thing alone. I mean, I haven't done a fitness video since 2010. And the reason is, is because I didn't really feel like I had another strong message to put out there. Right. Fortunately, though, I had plenty of other things I was interested in. That's when, I, that's when I wrote my Live Life Aggressively book, Total Departure from Fitness Information, put that out there. And then I didn't really want to write another book. I pretty much said what I wanted to say in that book. So there's, there's no sequel idea I had for Live Life Aggressively. So I left that one alone. And then I started getting into this whole supplement business. And, and now, now I'm really excited about that because I've put out three great products. I've got three more ideas in my head, you know, two of them which will probably come to fruition in 2014. But the key is I'm excited about it. Like every day I wake up thinking about it, like, okay, what can I put in this product and how can I find to this? I'm constantly researching it. I'm test driving stuff. That's when you know you're on the right page. And then it's fun because right. if I just wanted to make a video for money, it's not fun now. Now you're waking up going, oh, I don't really want to do this. Well, now it's oh. a job. It's a yeah, job exactly. now. Now it's a job. Now it's like every other fucking job out there where you just wake <laughs> up and punch in hours. 
So I, I think the problem with a lot of people is their, their own success is their worst enemy. They're successful in one arena, and then they're, they, they're not trapped by that success because of society. It's their own fault. that They're, they're, they're making themselves trapped by that success where they said, I, people want fitness videos from me. So even though I don't have anything else to fucking say on the topic, I'm still going to put it out there anyway. That's the mistake right there. You, you just screwed up, and that's where it's going to start backfiring on you. Think about something else you're interested in. You know, kettlebell workshops, same thing. I've been doing kettlebell workshops for 12 years now, and after this year, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of doing these workshops. I mean, it's, I mean, it's always fun when I actually get there and I teach, and the feedback is awesome, and the people are good. But I, but I noticed that things were changing a little bit in my mind where I could tell if I keep banging out these courses, eventually it's going to get to a point where it's going to become apparent to people taking it that I'm not into it as much. They're going to be like, you know what? Mike just didn't seem that into it this time around. And I remember I saw, I took his course a couple of years ago and he was way more enthusiastic and I never want that to happen. Right. So my attitude was, uh, you know, I don't have to quit doing workshops altogether, but let, let's Still take back. a break. Yeah, let's take a break and then maybe pick and choose a few options that are exciting instead of having to put the pressure cooker on myself unnecessarily and just bang out courses mm-hmm. until I'm fed up doing it. Right. So I think, I think it's important to be honest with yourself. And what's interesting is that a lot of people get into our business from nine to five jobs, from previous jobs where they weren't passionate about it at all. And they're, they're so excited to finally get into something they're passionate about. And right. then – because they fail to keep being progressive, all of a sudden their passion now becomes a job and they're stuck right back in that rut. Yeah, so, or so they brought the nine-to-five attitude with them into this industry. Yeah, exactly. Keep being innovative. you got to, like, like, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, stop waiting for someone else to blaze a trail for you or show you something that's effective. Take some risks. Be more innovative. Have the courage to go into territories that are, are fresh and uh, somewhat scary for you. I mean, like supplements is a totally new arena for me, you know, stuff with my own label on it and so forth. I mean, I'm known as this kettlebell guy and so forth. So for me to go into something which is totally unrelated, definitely there was definitely some trepidation there, but that was exciting to me. It was exhilarating. So I, I think that's what you need to do in life in, in general to keep things fun and exciting. There's a guy named Lewis Howes. Kind of started getting into his – his podcast, but he had a guest on there. His name is Sean Stevenson. This is a guy I know. Hopefully, you and I, I've seen him before. I think I saw him on Oprah. Um, I know he has, this debil- he has this debilitating disease where he has, like, I think it's called brittle bone disease. So, and I've seen him on the wheelchair. I think I've seen him on Oprah, like, years ago. Great, very inspiring dude. But it was funny. He was just saying something on um, Lewis's show about, you know, the difference between, like, you know, snorkeling and scuba diving. You know, he's like um, – you know, a lot of people would rather snorkel. You know, you know what's the difference between the two? When you snorkel, I mean, you don't really go that far underwater. You get just just enough underwater. You you get to see all the pretty fish. You get to see all you know all the beautiful marine life and things like that. And if it gets too dangerous or you feel like you know I need to come up, you just raise your head, right? You're up <laughs> and you're safe. Whereas scuba diving, you got to go deep. You got to get down there, and when you start getting down to those dark waters or whatever, you don't know what to expect down there. And guess what? A lot of times, the marine life down there is not as pretty as the fish you saw up top, or things like that. And look, some of them are pretty freaking scary. And that's those are the people that take the risk. Those are the people people who are ready to take that risk. They they don't mind scuba diving with their business, with their life. They're not afraid. They're afraid. Now, don't get me wrong. There's fear there, but the thing is, they they embrace it. Because they, they embrace that unknown. Whereas when you're snorkeling in life, you know what to expect. It's like, yeah, the water's going to be blue. I'm about two, three feet, four feet from just 
being below the surface and I'm good. So if things go wrong, I can just raise up and I'm out of here and I don't have to really do any risk or anything like that. Now, I really like the example that you used with that. It's like, yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. It's like, you know, are you snorkeling in life or are you going, you know, are you scuba diving? Me personally, I, I'd rather use a, another example in real life <laughs> instead of scuba diving or snorkeling. I will bust a stereotype. Yes, this black man can swim. I just don't swim in stupid ass <laughs> places. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not all for that, but I will take the metaphor of snorkeling and scuba diving. I would, I appreciate scuba diving in life. I appreciate the risk. And I think it really happens, especially when you start getting older. It's, one of two things can happen when you get older. You really get set in your ways and you're just like, well, I've always done it this way. Or it's always been this way, blah, 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 blah. You could be that person or you could be that person as you get older. You really, you really speak your mind because you're just like, you know what? Look, dude, I, I've lived through some things. I've seen some things. I've experienced some things. And, and I, what I've come to realize that most of the stuff that I used to believe was bullshit. <laughs> and it wasn't that important or I, or the way I felt or the, who I thought I was wasn't that important. You start to realize like, or all the things that you made up in your head didn't exist. All those fears, all those things that you worried about, you come to realize you get on like, you know what? I'm okay. My thing is if you didn't die from the situation, then calm the hell down. Just keep moving, man. My thing, if it didn't kill you, just keep going. So you got to ask yourself, did you die from the situation? No. It's, most of the time, things are not as bad as we thought they were going to be. Rarely, if ever. Right. You know, right. we, we create these scenarios in our head and like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like Mark Twain had a famous saying, he's like, I'm an old man with a lot of problems that never happened. And that, <laughs> right. that, that, that's a lot of people. I mean, a, 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 most, most of us fear things which are probably never going to happen. Exactly. And if they do happen, you'll deal with it when it happens. Exactly. You know, thinking about whether happen. it's going to happen or not. Exactly. And if they do happen, what could you have done about it to stop it from happening? I, you know, I saw this debate going over drone testing and all this. My thing is, now that that report is out, and someone brought up a good point, now that that report about drone testing is out there, that means it's already been going on. And it's just the formality. Okay, you're always going to be the last to know when it comes to stuff that the government does. Just calm down. And what can you do as an individual? I'm going to write a petition. Okay, a piece of paper is going to stop those drones from flying. Good luck with that. We focus so much on the things that we can't control and not enough on the things that we can. And all we can't control right now is right now. And what you think? You know, what are you thinking right now? And how is it making you feel? And if it makes you feel like crap, look for a solution right now that will make it stop feeling like crap. And a lot of times you're feeling like crap because you're feeling helpless, because you're creating all these scenarios in your head that are far beyond the scope of your abilities to handle. First of all, give yourself a lot of credit, but don't give yourself so much freaking credit. Well, I mean, people <laughs> like to take a lot of credit in general. And I always like to say, oh, you know, so-and-so is a self-made man. Like, we've talked about this before. No, no, no one's self-made, not even literally. Exactly. Right? <laughs> your parents your parents made you and someone made them and so exactly. forth and it goes all the way back up the line. So you're not even self made literally. <clears throat> and then and then all of us had people who helped us out at different times in our life. Either a lot of people or a few people. No matter if it was one person or a hundred people, somebody else helped us out and gave us great opportunities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so whenever someone says okay. they're self made, I'm, i I always have to laugh at that, I have to chuckle at that. And then when people take so much credit, like, oh, I, I, I'm so smart, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, there's a lot of luck in all that, too, and you just happen to catch the timing at the right time. And not to say that uh, hard work is not a huge equation, it is, but there's a lot of people who work hard, but the timing is just never right, so they, they never really capitalize on something. You know, if you play the game smart and you're honest to yourself and you're pursuing something you actually want to do, chances are that luck is going to find you. And oh, exactly. when, you're, when you're not, when you're dishonest to yourself and you're just doing something that is not true to you, then that luck is probably going to keep evading you. And then you're, right. and then you're just going you know, to be that old man who's just 
pissed off. Oh, I had my opportunity to be a contender and it never came my way. It's like, yeah, 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 right, right. The most successful people I know, there's, there's a lot of common ingredients to why they're successful. It's usually not a big mystery. Hey, people, just like the phrase, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Okay, there, there it is. There it is. Well, I, mean, I like what you said about risk-taking, too, because it, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, which is Heat, Al Pacino, Val, yeah. Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, Robert De Niro. And then there's a scene in the movie where they have to, Robert De Niro's team has to decide whether they're going to take a risk or not. Right. And then Robert De Niro talks to Tom Sizemore's character, and he's <laughs> like, look, man, you've got plenty of money. You've got a good woman. If I were you, I would stay out of this. Yeah. And then Tom Sizemore has, like, this real psychotic look. You know, like he's looking <laughs> at De Niro, his eyes are twitching. He's like, you know what? He's like, for me, the, the, ju- the action is the juice. The juice. You know, yeah, so I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I'm a risk taker, too, man. So I can understand that to a degree. I mean, I'm not going to bet the house or my car or something like that. But uh, I, I like taking risks, man. I, I like betting on the UFC and wondering if it's going to pay off or not. And, you know, win or lose, it's kind of all the same to me. It's like that Motorhead song. You win some, you lose some. You lose it's some. all the same. Because yeah. the, the, the real payoff is the juice, right? And you don't really get that until you play it. And then, and then I know people who try to play everything so oh, safe. safe. They, they, yeah. yeah, they don't take any and risk. And guess what? And playing the safe is the most risk, dangerous. Man. Playing yeah, the safe is the most dangerous risk. thing you could ever do. It is. It is. Like, and then you don't take any risks in life. You, you, can, you can be assured of one thing. You can have a boring-ass life, man. It's not going to be remotely <laughs> exciting. I would say this. Think about this. Would anyone ever want to interview you about your life? And if the answer is no, then you need to do something about that. That should be something you want to change in 2014. You should there be you like, go. fuck yeah, I'm an interesting motherfucker. <laughs> you, know, you should want to interview me. Everybody should want to interview me. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, that's always my kind of question there. It's like, would, would you be an interesting person to interview? And if the answer is no, then that's something you should change. Then work on it. Yeah, get, get it going, man. Change that story. Change it up. So you create a story. Don't make up a lie, though. Don't be that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make yourself an exciting person for real, not like making up a bunch of bullshit. Exactly. Don't 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 get all David Crockett on and start creating these tall tales, man. Don't well, one do time it. I was in Bosnia and uh, ball went off, and I decided to grab it and chuck it behind me, and I saved twenty people's lives. <laughs> yeah, but you're yeah you're twenty one years old, dude. The whole Bosnia situation <laughs> happened when you were born. Yeah. Shut the hell up. I was roaming through the streets of Rwanda, and uh, yeah, so you're twenty one. I remember it would be a dog. Like, Vietnam is a pretty safe country down there. <laughs> so I, you know, I can go to Vietnam and do a workshop now. So that's not- yeah, man, I remember the time in Korea. Which one? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there's the Korea where we actually have listeners to this show. In North Korea, we're not going to hear from you because you're not making it out of there. Right? Yeah, exactly. Unless you're Dennis Rodman, where they're just hoping you leave very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Lisa Ling, where the, the, the former president had to fly in and save your get ass. Get her sister. <laughs> no, get her sister out of there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's right. It was her sister. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lisa's not stupid. She's like, no, I'm hanging out with Oprah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> she said, my, she said the, biggest, the biggest escape I ever had to do was to leave the view. And that was like Vietnam. I mean, that was like North Korea enough right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I, I, think the, I think the final thing to talk about here, and we're going over, how, how long have we been on? About an hour? Oh, yeah, it's, it's about time. We'll save it for the next show. We'll save it for the next one. Yeah, we'll do them. Yeah, we got plenty of time, man. We got the whole year. We got a whole year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get a cap it right there. So, yeah, let's just do this with the trends of 2014. We'll do a part two show. Yeah, we'll do that. Sounds good. So, yeah, we'll do that for the next one. So, before we head out of here, let's give a quick little shout out to our five star viewers over on Stitcher this time because we're always giving all the love to everybody on iTunes, but trying to really build up that Stitcher love over there. So, Make sure if you have, especially for all you guys with Android phones out there, 
who don't necessarily have access to iTunes and you're listening to the show via Stitcher or any of the apps out there for Android, hop over to Stitcher and keep your reviews and your ratings going. And I want to give a big shout-out to Brocker, who gave a five-star review, as well as Mini Mighty, DJ Aff. That's Aff, not DJ Ass. Okay, so Panos <laughs> and uh, J Real 1101 also to B. Martinez, Mac Tank, MKJ68, Paul Katz, also Art818, and also Bobcat and Mikhail in L.A. Big shout out to you. Thank you for your five-star reviews. Keep those five-star reviews coming over at Stitcher and also on iTunes. Remember the magic formula is to subscribe to the show. Well, some, I need to throw this in the formula. First of all, if you need to help some friends out, tell them to go in and type in the search of either one, whether Stitcher or iTunes, and just type in Live Life, and by the time you start typing aggressively, we'll pop up. Or you can just put in Mike's name, my name, and the show will show up. So, again, subscribe to the show. Those subscriptions are very important. That's what really helps us move up in the rankings. And then rate and review, then download the show. Again, really helps us move up in the rankings. We're doing pretty darn well, especially toward the end of the year and beginning of this year. We've really moved up. We made a lot of headway. I have a lot of friends who are in the podcast world that have been doing this for years, and they're not doing what we're doing because of you guys. We're doing great things with this show right off the bat because basically we're still babies in this world of podcasting compared to a lot of other folks out there that have been doing it for a long time who have a decent following or maybe even a bigger following, but they're not doing what you guys are helping us do by doing the subscription, rating and reviewing, downloading the show, and then sharing it with your friends out there. What that's doing is putting the word out there, what we're talking about. Because let's face it, folks, there are a lot of people out there that are living some quiet lives of desperation, as Mike said in his book. And what they're looking for is a true, honest show that they can relate to. There's a lot of shows out there. We're going to talk about our favorite podcast on the next show. But there are a lot of shows out there that are very unrelatable to a lot of people. It seems a little over the top. It's funny how that marketing that we were talking about is now trickling in to the podcast world. There's a lot of over the top internet marketing shows and things like that. And right. it's making it seem like there's even more life out there that's unreachable to the common everyday person. And that's one of the things Mike and I did not want to do with this show. Just like, dude, we wanted to just have real conversations with real people about real shit. And that's the reason why you probably heard shit and fuck probably more in this show at the beginning of 2014 <laughs> than any other that, that, show. That's the new track. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's being real because, you know, it's just like if you were talking to us at a bar, at a restaurant, or whatever. Exactly. This is how we would talk. We're not trying to offend. We're just being us. This is who we are. Yeah, we can have an but education. We're not company. trying to offend, but if we do, we don't really care about that. So, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're someone who's just... No, easily offendable, and easily offended, and you're you're just some tight ass. You're like, oh, I don't like care for the way those guys talk. Then it's, it's not the right show for you. You know, we're exactly. not, not. We're, we're not going to change. We're not going to change who we are to try to please everybody. What we're doing is being we're, ourselves and then yeah. attracting the people that like that. You know, that's what we've done with both of our businesses, and that's what we're going to do with the show. So I mean, okay. I, don't, I don't think anyone should be surprised, honestly. I mean, if you <laughs> followed either you or me for a while. I mean, what did you think the show was going to be like? We're going to right. talk about conservative yeah. values or something, or we're going to talk <laughs> about uh, a traditional values. You know, that's just not our style. That's not our style. Man. Yeah, that's the beauty of the show, and that's <clears> really, <throat> and that I think that's what those of you that have been tuning in and subscribing and continue to listen to us each week and you keep sending us all this great feedback via email on the Facebook page or 
just even in the reviews, I think that's what you relate to. You want some 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 real dudes out there, you know. Yeah, I mean, a, and, a, and, and I, we'll I, do our best to always. I, I had a be few real. women email me who said that they were considering getting their assholes bleached, and after hearing about what you said about it, sincere, they they decided that hey, I, I don't, I only have one guy looking there. I don't really need to get this. Stuff. Okay, here's the deal. If you if you don't know what the <laughs> hell Mike's talking about, you need, probably, you need to go back to probably like episode, uh, probably like the first ten episodes for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it, was the episode, it was the episode with John Heffron. So, yeah, John Heffron. Yeah, go to that episode. It was, it was a hilarious episode, folks. Yeah. So we're we're, we're so, alluding to a funny for so Mike, a funny. Mike didn't just pull anal bleaching out of his ass per se. You know, there's there's a backstory. Wow, talking about puns. So you there's know, a backstory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a backstory there's a, to this whole looking anal at the rear, We're looking at the rear view mirror. There's a, <laughs> uh, I think I think we should have an episode actually where we kind of recap our favorite episodes of our show. Maybe let's, oh, let's yeah. do that next time so we can talk about our favorite shows of 2013 and that's that way, a lot of our new listeners can go back and check right. out some of the episodes. Like Robert, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know that we had Robert Green on the show. Yeah, I put up on, yeah exactly. Yeah, and, and people were like, you had Robert Green on the show? It's like, well, yeah. Well, yeah, I was yeah. in Dallas at a kettlebell competition, and yeah, I was telling someone about the show. They're like, so we had Daniel Coyle. Oh, my God. My coach just told me I need to buy that book. Should I listen to the show before I buy the book or buy the book before the show? I said, you know what? I think you might want to listen to the actual show and get some insight and see the type of person and get, a, get a, some insight into Daniel's personality, then you'll really want to buy that book. In fact, yeah, you'll exactly. probably want to buy all the books we talk about in the show I after like that. You have to buy the book first because you're not going to know <laughs> what the guest is talking about. I, I, love, I love the kind of stuff people say. Do I need to buy the book first or do I need to listen to the episode first? Like, talk about books. <laughs> the show is free, so go listen to it right now, and then you'll probably want to buy the book. You know, how about that? <laughs> Yeah. Should I put my t shirt on first or my pants? You know, I mean, it's like, come on, dude. Just pick one, man. It's okay. It doesn't matter what order it is. Right? Yeah. Just, just, just put some damn clothes on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, one thing I do want to say is before we end with me, we have a coupon code LLA. You get 10% off my nutrition supplements, you get 30% off Sincere's video. One, one thing I want to say about this is when, when you buy my supplements or Sincere's video, that really helps us out because we're taking time out of our lives to put together the show. And, you know, the show is not something where we just decide, hey, let's record today. There's a lot of production behind the scenes that you're not aware of where we're contacting guests, we're lining up people, we're coming up with show ideas, we're bouncing ideas back and forth. You know, that's why we have such a good show right now. That's why a lot of you have said, man, you guys, the quality of your show is so much better than everyone else's. And we appreciate that, but it's not by accident. You know, we're putting a lot of effort into this. So yeah. if, if you want to do something to really help us both out, support our products and services. I'll do now, one some of you, some of you, yeah, Some of you are thinking, oh, you know, I don't have any money right now. I'm broke. Fine. You know, I'm not going to debate that with you. I understand that. I've, I've had you know, money issues Sometimes, in the past, yeah. so I understand that. But you can still help us out by giving us a review, sharing the show on your Twitter, your Subscribe. Facebook page, telling your friends about it. You know, that's a form of currency as well. Mm-hmm. So if you can't afford to buy our products and services, no big thing. You know, we're not going to just keep beating you over the head with that, but support us by helping us get this show out there to people that are willing to buy you know, our products and services. We don't make money doing this show. It's not going to keep going. You know, that's the sad reality here. We don't want to get advertisers like a lot of other shows. We don't want to have a bunch of sponsors. You know, we want to keep this thing we want to keep this thing streamlined where we can say whatever we want, do whatever we want, and not have to answer to anybody. But the only way we can do that is if you support our products and services because it's not free for us to do this show. Yeah, and like I said, I'll do you one even better, even just beyond that. You're not only supporting the show and supporting us, but you support a lot of great causes out there like Voices for the Animals, like Transition, Transition yeah. Global. Because one thing about Mike and myself, we don't just pocket money and we're good with that. Like, no, we do a lot to help 
other people because, I mean, that's what it's all about, paying it forward. The thing is, we're not, again, we're not self-made men. We're not doing this on our own. So when you guys help support the show, that helps get the word out there, especially by organizations such as Transitions Global that helps rescue women and get their lives back together after being victims of sex trafficking. Like I said, with Mike, you know, I know he's a big advocate for voice, you know, voices of, for the animals, which right. he made it aware to me, and so I became a supporter of them. Or also the Houston Food Bank, for me, helps put food on the tables of lots of needy families right here in Houston, Houston Area Women's Shelter. All these different things, the Star of Hope Mission, all these different things are, these are organizations that we contribute to, and that comes from the income that we, that we bring in from our services and our goods. And so, therefore, guess what? That's not just us donating and supporting these services and these organizations. That's also you as well. Again, from you purchasing our products and from you helping to get the word out there about our show, and then there are people that get our services from that. And also we'll help give the platform for a lot of these organizations. This is not just a Live Life Aggressively podcast with Sincere Hogan and Mike Maul and Mike Maul and Sincere Hogan. It's also with our listeners as well. But so many of you at this point because our numbers are going up. So many of you can't put all your names on the title. <laughs> so, but just at the end of the day, it's just, we'll be that, that representative for all you guys out there. So it's a team effort. This is, like I said, I've said it a million times. This is your show too. And obviously, just from the way we've helped just improve this thing over the eight months and we continue to improve it, it's because a lot of that, that is coming from the feedback from you guys. There you go, people. Keep it coming. Have a great week. We'll be back. We've got a lot of great guests coming up for this entire month of January. we got some powerhouse people in the fitness industry coming here. I mean, we've got we Charles, Charles Poliquin. Poliquin, the most well-known strength coach ever in the fitness industry. Charles Poliquin will be on next week. We've got Steve Cotter, the biggest name in kettlebell. Steve Cotter is going to be on. We've got John Hines, one of the foremost experts in body weight training, and we've had him before. He's coming back again. We've got Kent Pumpo, who's a very well-known coach in Australia. Australia, yeah. Incredible marketing guy, too. He's going to talk about some of his strategies he uses that are just global. Anyone around the world can apply some of these techniques. Some of, we, we have some serious, serious heavy hitters. Yeah, we've got up. Nate Jackson coming on, man. Very well-known. You guys want fitness professionals? Well, dang it, we're bringing it to you. <laughs> So, so we we'll give you more than you ever want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we give you the heavy hitter. Uh, Dr. Peter Riles coming on as well. So covering yeah, a lot right. of bases, man. There's it's a lot going on in January. January is a, a power-packed yeah, month. We're coming out of the gate hard. You know, we're, we're practicing what we preach. Where we're, yeah. you know, we're telling everyone else, come out of the gate hard and kill it. I mean, this is going to be our biggest month. You know, January is our biggest month in terms of the kind of guests that you guys want to hear based on feedback. This is what yeah. you want. Want high-level strength coaches, and we've, we've got the best coming in January. So what we're doing now, we're setting the bar very high for ourselves. So therefore, we can't fall off in 2014. Again, we're going to those dark waters right now. If we're coming out like this in January, what are the other 11 months going to be like? So we just got to keep on coming with the good stuff for the next 11 months after that. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Take care, everybody. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.